Welcome to the Industry Talks podcast. I'm your host, Roman Perry. This week, we have the multi-platinum songwriting and music production duo, The Futuristics. I feel immensely lucky to be able to sit down with these two. They have an immense production credit list and a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the production game. In the last few years, they've worked with artists like BB Rexa, Blink-182, Alice in Wonderland, g Easy, Selena Gomez, uh, the list goes on. I just want to jump right into things this week. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the Futuristics. Industry Talks. Welcome to the Industry Talks podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. Could you just take one second to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Joe Kajidorian, one half of the production and songwriting duo, The Futuristics. And I'm Alex Schwartz, the other half of The Futuristics. At first, it was literally just us getting in the room and kind of jamming and, and trying to come up with uh, beat ideas that we could sell to rappers and artists. And uh, and now we're we're like kind of a we do it all, um, write, produce, build songs up from the ground. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've been you know lucky enough to uh, take our like hobby and thing we love and make it into a career. That's pretty nice. Yeah. How'd you guys uh, How'd you guys meet each other? Um, in two thousand five, I took an internship at Atlantic Records in Burbank. Okay. And uh, Alex was there too. And we just met that summer, I think, in 05. Well, yeah, Joe, uh, he had been interning. We actually didn't like each other when we first met. Okay. Because I, I, I was like the, the uh, I was coined the like head intern at Atlantic okay. because I was close with Aaron, who was Mike Karen's assistant at the time. And then I kind of just thought I could boss everyone around. And Joe was an intern, so it didn't start off great. But then he uh, he gave a beat CD to Aaron to check out, and I was trying to start production. So Aaron was like, yo, you should check this out. It's actually pretty good. Um, sounds like he knows what he's doing. So I just went up to him and was like, yo, I want to come over tonight and make some beats. And he was like, yeah, I'm down. Very so cool. uh, we did that. And that was like the start of the futuristics. Okay. Were you guys always making beats like on your own beforehand? Like what was your musical journey prior to that? Um, yeah, I meeting? mean, I got my first drum machine when I was 17. Okay. Uh, an MPC 2000. And uh, I've been, ever since then, I've been trying to make music originally for myself, uh, for the band that I was in at the time. And what was the name of that project? We were called Signal. Okay. It was like kind of a EDM-y uh, kind of a hybrid like chemical brothers prodigy type thing and me and my best friend and uh we were in the band together and we'd perform at clubs and raves and all that stuff very cool yeah and then it um kind of evolved from there so as far as like production and right uh you know saving up as much money i can and get a new synth here and a new drum machine there and yeah by the time i met alex i had quite a bit of gear yeah like the full studio set pretty much yeah in my bedroom in, in his l tiny tiny bedroom that you could basically only sit on his bed or sit sit at the desk nice i'm familiar with that i, I know I that feeling hot hot bedroom oh during God. the summer it was unbearable yeah i'm sure my uh because my studio at home just like heats up because yeah. all the gear in there is just like little tiny heaters heaters essentially yep. and then they just just yeah. gets so sweaty turning up the ac <laughs> yeah it's you got to go through that pain to to get to the good the good stuff the good air conditioning is what it is <laughs> that's really what it comes down to is the good air conditioning yeah uh what about you alex what was your um yeah i mean i had just kind of started getting into music production when i met joe i just kind of decided that i want to do it i've been taking some piano lessons and i, I mean i grew up playing bass guitar um but yeah I, I had gotten an mpc 2000 xl and turntable i was sampling and cool cutting up samples and you know at this time uh like making a beat for jay-z or cameron was like all i ever wanted right like like that was like the golden ticket yeah like the golden fleece i like guess if i could just make a sample rap beat 
for like one of the East Coast rappers, I was like, felt like I would have made it. Right. So that's what I was trying to do. And I was uh, strictly on an MPC and then um, I still didn't know 100% what I was doing with it. But I met Joe and Joe quickly like taught me so much. Just crash course. He was, he was like, by the way, you know, we could do this on a computer and not like on a drum machine. <laughs> so uh, we just. Uh, That's me. We we just started working together off, you know, the things that we knew how to use. Right. Um, Joe was on Cubase actually. And I was like, we got to move to Pro Tools. Everyone yeah, was we were on just Pro talking Tools. about that mm-hmm. before we started. He, he got me to switch to Pro Tools because all the main studios have that's Pro like Tools. The sta- that's the standard. Yeah. Because yeah. if we went into a session and or had an artist in the booth, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Because um, also, too, like back then, it wasn't like everybody had laptops yeah. Yeah. that you could no, just kind of yeah. jack in. Yeah, no one was working off laptops. Everyone had, you know, iMacs or... Mac Pros. Yeah. Yeah, um, he, made, he basically one day in a session, <clears throat> me and him, he's like, all right, you got to buy a Mac Pro. And we, I sat down and I ordered a freaking $4,500 Mac. I know. But I was so excited to switch (laughs) over. Because I was PC my whole life. Yeah, they're very... Mac Pros are very nice. The new ones are very nice. The the new ones are going to be nuts. They're also dumb expensive. Yeah. So So expensive. Worth it, though. Yeah. We use a fully blown out Mac Mini. and Really? It's It's really good. Yeah, I've heard about that. A couple of my friends are thinking about doing the Mac Mini route. Yeah, it's really good. If if you're going to be rendering like crazy video stuff, you still need the Mac Pro. Yeah, because you have to get the video card. Yeah. But like if you're just doing audio stuff, like you don't need that much bandwidth. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And technically we could bring it wherever we yeah. need. Yeah. Just plug it in. I like mm-hmm. the, la- I mean, I'm in the laptop space because I'm moving around a lot. Yeah. I think when you have the more of the, um, the setup that people will come to you and you can kind of like develop like the desktop is the way to go because you can kind of just leave it plugged in. Mm-hmm. you know yeah our our we like to work at our studio for the yeah. most part you know unless we need to cut like a a-list artist and they have a specific studio they like to work at yeah for the most part especially when we're creating it, it makes a lot more sense for us to be in our space right home court advantage all our guitars are there we got an acoustic piano in there um synths like it's just your creative space that you're used to yeah yeah. Are you guys in there? Like, what is your routine like? Are you in there every day making new music, or are you like, like, how does that process look? Yeah, like? pretty much. Uh, we have our calendar scheduled out for either a writing day or a finishing day. Okay. So writing days, we come in, and usually songwriters that we've worked with and love working with will come and will you know write songs for pitch, basically. Right. Um, we're we're like pretty big in the pitch game. Okay. Um, we we obviously do a lot of artist sessions too, but a lot of our success comes from purely just pitching records. Right. So you'll be like, oh, this is a good record for this artist. And then you just mm-hmm. slide it in. Yeah. And trying to focus saying, you know, you know, just figuring out who's working, who's writing, or, you know, what artist is actually working on their projects and right. trying to slightly gear songs towards those directions. Okay. If it, if it feels right, not, we don't always have to say, hey, we have to write a song for this person or that person. But, yeah. Um, it helps out. How do you start? Is that how you start songs as you think about or like, how do you, what is your starting process? Like, that's always scary is how do you get through that? The blank canvas. It can be scary. Uh, It's always different. Um, Thankfully we work with a a lot of the writers that we are close with and work with are super talented. And you know, whether it's, we sit down and we start like just chatting and hanging. Um, Am I allowed to swear on here? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, put the little explicit mark sometimes, <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, I was going to say, like, we just started shooting the shit and, like, we hang and the first hour of of the session's, like, really just chilling. And, right. And then we start talking about, you know, what should we do today? And um, Joe might have, a like, a little idea on the computer. I might have, like, a concept or the writers might have an idea. And we kind of just, like, let it happen naturally. Okay. Yeah, a lot of songs start as con- conversations, basically. <clears throat> and also the inspiration can come from anywhere. And once you get past, you know, me, I, some days I come to work and I have like that sheer terror that yesterday was the last day right. that, I, that I knew how to do this whole thing. But then... Like you lost your juice. Yeah, like I'm never going to produce or write a good song again. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes... It's behind me now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it can be as simple as a certain synth patch that inspires a, a chord, and then a songwriter will be like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. Um, and at the same time, they're talking about a potential title ideas, concept ideas. It's like this, this like floating mass that all of a sudden starts forming, right? Uh, of creativity in the air that's floating, and then it will like start to crystallize. Start to crystallize. It can be a drum beat, and then even when it's crystallizing. Everyone might still be thinking maybe, you know, they might not be 100% happy with it yet. Okay. But then all of a sudden, <clears throat> a melody or a lyric and everyone will be like, oh, that's dope. It all makes sense now. Yeah. And then, you know, and that can happen in five minutes. That can happen an hour or two into the process. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Joe's really good at like, for the most part, the way we work these days is like Joe's kind of steering the ship at the computer. Okay. And I'm in the back with the writers and like we were we're trying to just you know hammer out the the song idea right um and he's really good at just like kind of steering as he hears where we're going mm -hmm. and and if we're just like no no no, don't do that then he knows how to like okay get back into our zone um which is really helpful um but it's for me it's like he's good at just like getting ideas out for me during the songwriting process like I, I kind of like really need to know what we're talking about to write a good song. Like, like the the theme. Yeah. Like I need to have like the whole story in my head. Okay. Because um, I just will be sh shooting like a bunch of bullshit unless it's like very specific to right. what we're talking about. So I try to push every session to be like, what what's happening? Here? Like what's the hook? Yeah. Like, sort of. Exactly. Not like the hook as in the chorus, but right. like what's the... The angle. Yeah, the I'm angle. just trying to figure out like how one. do I how do I put my own life into this situation, right? So I can write the most like real lyrics. You split up like what you guys are responsible well, for. Well, if we were both sitting at the computer trying to make the actual one person uses the mouse and the other person yeah, uses the keyboard, or or if we were both <laughs> sitting on the couch with the writers trying to write the lyrics, I think both of those formats wouldn't work as effectively. Right. Yeah, we'll get in our way in each other's way. So I mean, in the beginning, it was. You know, when we were learning how to do sessions, it was very tough because right. we didn't, A, we didn't really know what we were doing. We just, every day, just kind of winged it. Yeah. Um, so it took us a while, but we figured out, like, you're really good at this and you're really good at that. So let's not fuck that up. Let's keep it. Like not step on each other's toes. Yeah. And you just kind of trust. Like, are there instances where you might see something that Joe's doing that you don't agree with that you say like, this is his responsibility. I'm going to let it. Oh no, we're, 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 we're very, pretty open. Yeah. We're very okay, open yeah. in the room. There's like, you can't, you can't be, um, sensitive in, right. in, in the creative zone. Like you both have to be sensitive and you also cannot be sensitive. Yeah. Like when we're writing, we're, we're trying to every day that we're writing, we have to be trying to write the best next song. Right. So, um, you can't get emotional over it. You just got to be like, all right, I trust. Or or if one of us says, dude, trust, like, I think we're going down the right path. We normally just let each other right. see it out. Because there's always going to be other, there's always going to be other songs. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and also too, I think because you guys are writing for other people, like for other artists projects, you don't have to put as much of yourself into them. Yeah. Like you don't have as much totally. of that. Attachment yeah, totally. to what you're doing, totally. Yeah. I also, we, you know, we write a, almost a song every day. Okay. So, at a certain point, you kind of you you don't feel so attached to everything you do. Yeah. I mean, what was the count last year? We did how many songs? I, don't know. I mean, yeah, e easily over 400 songs. Okay. Yeah. That's nuts. That's a lot of songs. Yeah. That seems to be the song a day I've heard from a lot of different writers and a lot of different producers. That seems to be like the just. That's like a bare minute. That's, that's like, like doing your reps. Baseline. If you're yeah. doing a song a day, like you're on the right mm -hmm. general thing. I mean, if you guys, you can always do two, but if oh, you yeah. just make yourself do one, like you're kind of. We give that pace. advice to aspiring writers that might, that or interns that come in and, or, you know, we tell them write a song a day and right. don't, don't stay on one song forever and try to figure out you know, like just keep going yeah uh because you'll get better and better and you know so do you guys write songs on your own or do you have writers come in and, and like do vocals on them and stuff like what does that it's, mean it's almost always just started in the room with the okay. writers once in a blue moon um 
I'll get inspired and try an idea on the piano at home and voice note it. Okay. Um, and then, you know, but that's about it. It's almost always done from scratch in the room. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm better when I'm sitting there and I just kind of all of a sudden like a title pops in my head. I think it's just like better. I, I go off like my gut. Right. So you do, um, do you do title first generally and then you work your way back from that? I'm just like much, I'm more of like the concept, like idea okay. guy, part of the duo. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of focused on how do we write like the coolest like lyrics and say something that feels fresh. Right. And my brain is like, how could we make this track the most marketable, but still the most fresh like how can version it sound of itself? Yeah, how can it sound edge. and all that stuff. Is that just a question you ask yourself or, or do you have any sort of tricks? How do you like, no, it's like, how a, do you know? I don't, I just keep working on what I'll do is I'll work on a part of a track that's coming together. I I'll do all the things that I know I want to do. Okay. As my brain is trying to figure out the parts that I, I don't know what to do yet. Okay. So, so like you're, of, you kind of get sort of the things you know how to do and the things you know the track mm -hmm, is going to mm -hmm. need. You'll kind of focus yeah. on that. There's how there's the, what it sounds like in my head. And then there's what it's actually sounding like in real life and then trying to get it to sound like what it is in my head. And sometimes when I get there, I'm like, well, that's not even that good. Right. <laughs> like it sounded better yeah, in like your head. Or when you have on. a joke in your head, but when you say it, it's not as funny sometimes. Okay. Uh, or I know you say, that. You say, yeah, you're like, oh, it sounded funnier in my head. Same thing with the, with the music. Okay. So, and once you get to that place, you're like, well, how can we get this going a certain way i can that, tell when he's bullshitting too he'll be like focused on like one drum sound for like 25 minutes I'm like bro yeah i'm gonna move away from that it's all right the snare is fine <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah do you have any um tools that you guys like to use like anything that's like any little tricks or tools that you guys always go back to that are like kind of old reliable i actually a, a don't favorite hammer or something like that i don't use any templates every session i just start i go file new and mm -hmm. name it the artists that are in the room that day and the date blank slate yeah, it's every time. always a blank canvas okay i mean obviously yeah i have all the soft synths i like i have a bunch of drum sets that i've made on the mpc but those are just the colors that are there ready to be yeah. used but um i never like always i never i just kind of feel the room out sometimes i'll just start on the guitar and try to come up with the progression on the guitar okay um sometimes the writers play and they want to sit at the piano yeah and I'll let them do that. It's all about kind of letting people do what they want to do in the room um, and kind of going from there. Right. It's always different. Do you, uh, you use an MPC? Cause like I'm, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of kids coming up now and like most of my peers like aren't really using drum machines at all. Uh, what is the benefit of having? I just use it in an interesting way. I just kind of have those sounds available quickly to like kind of play the drum beat live. Right. As opposed to importing them and programming it on like some sort of a grid. Like a MIDI grid or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it, I just, it helps me come up with a pattern that feels the most natural like a drummer would play. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's nice to have it there. Okay. Are you using one of the new NPCs with the big mm -hmm. touchscreen or are you using mm -hmm. one of the oh, no. classics? Classic. It's like a, like a 2000 XL. It's cool. probably from like 1999 or 2000 or something. All right. Yeah, my uh, one of my friends is selling an MPC, and I'm trying to debate if I should buy it from him or not. Which one is it? It's the blue one. I oh, don't think I, it's the. I had the blue one. I the sold navy the blue. blue the one. navy blue one. The navy blue With one. The gray pads. Yeah. Maybe it's my old one. I mean, <laughs> maybe they're only worth a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. How much does he want for it? A couple hundred bucks. I'm just yeah. like, is it worth it to get one? I mean, I know the software. Like, the, I can literally text someone on the phone without even looking on the screen to get through like menus and how okay, to do so stuff. I'll have you? Yeah. So like. You know, but it's a pretty deep learning curve. It's surprisingly yeah. deep. And right. Like, on that little tiny screen. Yeah. So, but it's fun. It's a fun way you to should, make music. Yeah. If you're inspired by it, you should do it. I yeah. Because I want to get like, well, it's either that or I really like the live, the MPC live because mm -hmm. it's battery powered and I can just like, yeah, it's like the, um, what's that little white sample? The OP1. The OP1. It's kind of like a giant OP1. Mm -hmm. Like you can just do everything in it. Yeah. And I like that idea of just... Were you mentioning that Kanye, no Kanye still uses NPCs? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. I mean, yeah. that's what he made all his original yeah. beats on. Yeah, I'm sure he they has just one have a studio. they have a swing to them that is uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's I used to sit at home just late 
till three, four in the morning, staring at this little tiny screen in the dark and then just making tracks with it. It was incredible. Yeah, because you can do the whole thing with that if yeah. you have like some good samples in there. And, and I would just run MIDI to the keyboards and, I, and you would just hit play in, in song mode and it would just, it was like, just like this chaos that all of a sudden comes together and is like all. What can be your together. whole brain, like the yeah. whole brain of the it's studio. the whole brain, yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's probably because we like to touch stuff. Yeah. Anytime that we can have like a knob to twist or a pad yeah. to touch, like it just always makes it, it makes it so much better. Yeah. You know, like whenever I'm drawing in a melody, it doesn't sound as good as the melody I play out on a keyboard. Like I have the MPC you know? put in a place in the studio where I have to be playing it standing up. Ooh, okay. It's a very specific thing. I, I don't just sit in a chair with MPC. Right. So when we have a music thing going and I want to figure out a drum beat, I stand up and I start hitting the gray pads and try to program something that feels good. Okay. And then I may not even use the sounds that are in the MPC. Right. But you're going to get the MIDI at least. Yeah. And sometimes I'll record live into the Pro Tools as it's, as it's going. I'm not even using the MPC's sequencer at that point. I'm just literally programming a beat into the song. Right. So you're actually like playing yeah, as and an then, instrument. And then when I import other sounds, I'm looking at my swing that I did. Mm. And I'll match that. I'll make sure I pr keep that swing sometimes. Okay. So that's kind of, you know, a good way to integrate the MPC's like specialness. Yeah into the Pro Tools. Ableton can steal the swing from your samples and you can put it into your MIDI yeah, for other uh -huh. samples. Yeah, Pro Tools has a swing automator too and it has Does a whole MPC menu oh, really? with different percentages. Yeah, because the, the 51, 52% on the MPC is like the... That's the sweet spot. That's the yeah. classic. 52% MPC. Mm -hmm. I'm going to remember this stuff. Well, yeah. I get to listen back and be like, that's, take notes that's, again. That's where the juice is. Okay. Are there any other juice? That, do you have any other juice that you have? Well, I mean, the dopest thing about the MPC, which a lot of people used to use, but not anymore, is like the fact that you could build out your own track. And let's say you're like, okay, I have this eight bar loop that I really like. Right. But you're like, I, I feel like I need to figure out how the song sequences out. And I don't know how to like do that yet. Yeah. So you can basically go into the, like the track mute mode where you can go and play the whole loop. And then mm. as it's playing, you could be removing sounds. And you can be like, oh, that sounds really tight when mm -hmm. the bass is out there and the claps out. And you can basically just be like, okay, I want to make, you know, this section that. And it's just a cool way to for you to sketch out like, the arrangement. Yeah. Can you like record those? Can you record that muting and no, just, muting you'll stuff? just know because like basically you'll see that you've muted track five and eight. Mm -hmm. And for instance, and, and then you can just be like, okay, copy sequence, mm -hmm. remove tracks five and eight. Okay. And it's going to last so four bars. You build then, each one of those sequences yeah. with whatever tracks you want on and off and whatever parts. And then in song mode, you say, okay, sequence one, play twice. Sequence two, play four times. Okay. And then you build out the whole song. Yeah. Okay. I love how technical this this interview's gotten. No, I mean, <laughs> this is it. Because this is the nerd. This is the yeah. stuff I... Every once in a while, I'll have a producer on and I, we just, I just let it go. Oh, uh, nice. You know, so it's okay. And we're talking about something old school so I, the yeah. new kids are like what yeah what are these guys well about? i started the first time i like really i mean i started making music kind of in garage band just like messing around with the loops when i was like 10 mm -hmm. i didn't really know any better um but the first time i started making any type of like beats or anything i actually got a machine mm. like the native instruments machine yeah we had that and it wasn't until like years later that i realized that it was just an mpc yeah but software yeah um i use the machine all the time do you? Yeah, because the splice functioning in there is very fast and efficient. To like slice your beats out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was always um, fun. So if drum loop, splice it up real quick. Or I'll take, say we're working on a song. Right. Uh, vocalist is already cutting parts or we already have all the parts done. Sometimes I'll take certain sections of the vocal, throw it into machine, splice them into individual hits onto my keyboard. Right. And because she's already singing or he's singing in the key of the song perfectly in the notes. And I can recreate like a vocal chop type thing right? with a ton of reverb or whatever. And, um, and some of the sounds in, in it too are incredible. Yeah. I was using the machine library. I like stopped using machine, but I would just use the, the machine sounds. library for mm -hmm. forever. I still have it and I still use it once in a while. Yeah. Just because it's like, there's so much stuff yeah. in that. I don't program anything inside of machines uh, uh, sequencing program that's built into it. I just use it for its sounds basically in the splice feature. Okay yeah cool it's pretty pretty awesome very cool um do you write songs on your own no 
No. No, no, no. Uh, if anything, I just come up with like lyric ideas, concepts. Okay. Yeah. He always comes into the sessions with concepts and titles that are usually pretty awesome. Okay. How, do you, how do you get inspired? I'm like tone deaf. I can't sing. I, okay. Like, it's, I hear it in my head, but I can't get it out. So, like, most of my, uh, our friends that we write songs with at this point know me really well. So, like, they're very kind and they hear through, like, my shitty tone deaf singing. Like, they know how to translate it. But they do, which is crazy. I'm like, you know, I have this idea and they're like, oh, how about this? And I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. And so, you know, what's great about that is, you know, these writers are going two sessions a day, day in and day out. They are creatively spent sometimes. Yeah. And then for them to come in there and the, and the producers give them some creativity to work with, it sparks them really quickly as right. opposed to them just sitting there trying to figure it out on their own. Yeah. What haven't I sang about this month? You know, I've sang about everything. The blank page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've become really good at getting the ball rolling within that first hour uh, and not letting it drag on because then the the vibe of the room, the energy gets yeah. weird sometimes. I, I I tend to like kill ideas pretty quick. Like I'm not... What af- do you mean? Like I'm not afraid to just be like, okay, we've been working on this for 45 minutes and we have not gotten one thing that we like. So let's just kill it and start a and new just idea. Move on. Yeah. Like uh, even if I think the idea, the title's great or something, I'll be like, we're just not getting this. Let's, yeah. And I'll be like, Joe, Play something else like you can always pull it up later yeah you can always come back to or it just maybe like want. that our group the group of people that we were with that day isn't right for that idea yeah what's funny is we almost never come back to it really oh, yeah. it rarely part, rarely yeah. happens and like let's say i think i have a really cool beat idea but the song's not working out i get so bummed but it's part <laughs> of it's part of it yeah and once once in a while though the beat is so good that we'll bounce out an instrumental just to have yeah um, just to have it in the library yeah, yeah it's worked out in the past for us yeah because you never know too is like just sometimes to get the ball rolling you could go through these uh like beats and be like mm-hmm. hey what do you what do you want to work on yeah you know like if you have that's kind of something that i'll do is like i have my beat library that i've made and then when i have a session with somebody i'm like let's listen to through some stuff if something like resonates with you let's go with it yeah. it's already done then we can get the ball rolling yeah or we can start something fresh. We used to do that back in the day. We'd have a bunch of beats and the writer would come in. Yeah. We'd play a few beats. They'd say, oh, I like that one. And then we say, okay, cool. I'd pull it up. And then me and Alex would just sit there in silence while the beat's playing and just wait for this writer mm. to write something. And it was a colossal waste of time most most of the really? time. Oh, yeah. There was no creative process happening. It, it's, it's also like you're very confined right in that situation and i feel like the best like sometimes we'll be working and we'll just be like joe can you turn off the music and we'll say to our friend like get on the piano let's let's write the rest this part on the piano like we're just gonna jam it yeah let's just like figure it out naturally yeah and then we'll go back and most of the time it sounds great over the track yeah but like when you're just listening to a beat you're listening to the same eight bars or you know Mm -hmm. 16 bars whatever and and after a while it just is like you kind of lose it. Yeah. Like you lose the the, uh, the spark. Sort of. Right. You get numb to and it. You feel yeah. like you're in a box. Okay. And like uh, you get stuck on the grid. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes there'll be the whole track looping. I got like a pretty good idea going. They'll be like, can you just mute everything but the guitar or like the piano? Uh, it can help you kind of reset and remember exactly why you guys are interested in this idea to begin with. Okay. If it started on like the guitar originally or the piano. Yeah. But uh, I like I like creating from scratch for the most part. It's just really? w- w- when we get in with uh, sometimes we're with rappers and they're like they just want to hear a track. Okay. So it is good for us sometimes to have beat ideas on yeah. hand, um, just for those instances. But you know, we've also learned that like when we do have rap sessions, like we should just like you know a few hours before come up with some like blueprint ideas. Yeah. And uh, that way we have a few things to play them from the start. Yeah. And then we can uh, kind of build from there. Just like beat, like just drum beats even. Nah, it's like, it's got to have at least like a chord progression or, or, or something that like feels like a instrumental hook. Like a vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's really important. I think, I think the most important thing like to get people excited is the first 10 seconds of a song. Okay. Like I, like I, 
even when I listen through songs, like on New Music Friday or whatever, like I know fairly quickly if I'm feeling the song. Right. Um, it's it's kind of like a movie in the sense of like within the first like 15 minutes of a movie, you should know who the characters are. You should know yeah. what this movie's about and like what's the inciting the, oh, incident. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, like a song, like if, if a song starts and the, and the progression or the musical hook isn't interesting, I'm off of it. Right. Yeah. Especially like for pop music. Yeah. A thousand percent. You know, like I think for an, maybe an album cut or something, you can kind of take your time with it and like have it develop. Album cut. There's no album cuts anymore. Maybe. They're all, they're all, <laughs> they're all singles that have just been, you know, at one point they were the, the first single that got turned into an album cut. Right. I guess. <laughs> I, I as, like, like, as like a business the futuristics as, yeah. a, as a company album cuts unfortunately like don't keep the lights on right. these days <laughs> but that's also not your i think that's not your that's not your business no yeah. no yeah. we're in it's the not singles in business game. model we're in right. the singles game and uh you know wh- to be honest all pretty much everything that we've done up until recently has just been singles right um, we've had songs on albums, but we've really the most we've ever had is like two songs on one album. Like you think of them as singles. Yeah, I mean, we go we go into it trying to make them singles. Sometimes they right. just end up being an album cut, yeah. right? Yeah, which is fine. Um, but I I think that the way that albums are made these days for a lot of pop acts is, you know, uh, okay, we've had four singles. They all have done well. Now let's put an album together and it's a lot of the the album cuts or songs that at one point were contenders to be a single but right. are still really good and they want to put it on the album yeah so, i get that yeah but um we've been working with goody grace um and he's the first artist that we've like actually kind of developed a sound with him okay and and joe and i've done like you know half the album with him what which, uh, is, which is awesome what's goody grace like he's incredible i mean he's, yeah he's he's the homie he's super talented he's like cool as fuck and he wants to say you know like shit that hasn't been said in a while and it, it's like feels like a resurgence of you know uh late 90s early 2000 pop punk mixed with like today's current like uh, rap music and it just it has like a nice blend of everything very cool um really melodic too a lot of like, yeah good great pop melodies i mean we just had so much fun working on this project it's yeah. been great yeah. yeah and uh he's become like a good friend and just someone we enjoy being creative with okay so for working on a full album right you said you're doing a full album with him for most, yeah a lot of it a yeah, lot, a of, lot it. of it yeah like was there any sort of through line that you'd go back to for it or would you just well, like the single that's out right now is kind of what like defined like where we were going. Okay. Um, it came out a few weeks ago. It's called scumbag um, with blink 182 as the feature artist. And that kind of really shaped like where the project was going. Okay. So um, yeah, that was kind of where we like set the bar at your North star for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. ex- yeah exactly. We got to work with blink we got to meet Mark and yeah. Travis and that was just that's huge ma- most amazing experience yeah massive yeah. i mean yeah the fact that like Joe and i wrote and helped produce two songs on their album on top of this comeback thing this year has kind of been crazy yeah that's pretty badass yeah yeah and the first time we were sitting with them i was just like what the fuck are we doing here like this is nuts did <laughs> was that a uh, defining career defining moment for you guys for me at least yeah i was, mean yeah, it was amazing. It was like these guys are legends and they've been kind of like idols. Yeah. You know? And they want to hear what we have to say. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are we going to say that's. It, we you know? have value. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like. So, and the, and the fact that they're like the most awesome dudes is a plus. Yeah. That always helps. Yeah. It'd be one thing if they were like total assholes. <laughs> no, they're funny. They're so down to earth. Yeah. They're know? awesome. But I feel like you don't stick around for as long as they have if you're not no, yeah, a no. nice guy. Yeah. Or at least like semi-personable. Yeah. And super talented. Yeah. Definitely. Huge. Yeah. When do you feel like you guys, because you said earlier on um, that you kind of just have been, you've been, you felt like you've been on the right path since the beginning. 
Yeah. When do you guys feel like it was like your break? Like what was your first break? Interesting. Um, I mean, Flow Rider, I Cry was like we, our first yeah, big that single. Yeah, for sure the first big single. Um, okay. That happened in 2012. Okay. Um, and yeah, and that, that was the light at the end of the tunnel. Joe and I had been trying to, we'd had some songs come out, play on the radio and become singles. But that was our first song where we got on Billboard. It was, you know. Like a, the smash. It was a mm-hmm. top 10 Billboard mm-hmm. record. Okay. It went multi-platinum all over the world. You could not not hear it on the radio. It was on every, you know, format station. It was on rap, rhythmic, pop. It was all over. And, uh, yeah, we had worked really hard to get that song to that place. And it was a lot of tedious hours of like fine tuning okay um but to see it like actually come out and be successful is you know one of the greatest things just like getting all the details of the song down or yeah yeah, just a song's never perfect yeah um and in this case we had a lot of work to do because of where we were at in our careers and we just weren't as good producers yet where we just had to put a lot of extra time into it right yeah, it took us a while to nail that production. And even then we had, uh, you know, help outside help from other producers to get that. Because, you know, it's one thing to produce a song and make it sound pretty good. And the magic is in that last 5-10%. Yeah. And it takes years to really get there and right. know how to make that 5-10%. To be finishers. To be finished. And at that time we were just starting to become finishers. And the label and everyone wanted it to just kind of get a little bit further um sonically arrangement sound choice things like that um so we needed a little bit of help but you know it was it was amazing it was like that moment that we were like you know we we grinded for years and here we are we actually did it we got it yeah we got the juice and, and then people are like oh you guys did the floor rider song that's awesome like, and the big song congrats yeah. and we're like okay now we want more of these yeah <laughs> people you know the music industry, like most industries, perception plays a big role. Right. And then they're like, okay, so these guys can do it. We can trust them with this and that. So it yeah, kind of... That's actually a very valid point. Like, you know, before you have a hit, um, it is it is a little like, I think, tough sometimes to get people to trust your beliefs on a song or like, you know, if you think a part should be a certain way. and Right. And it does it does change things a little bit. You get some of the clout. No, you just you, people are like, okay, yeah. I trust you. Yeah, which is super important because okay. their jobs are on the line too. And A and R wants to trust the producer that they know is going to deliver a product that's going to make their, you know, superiors happy too. So it's like a, you know, it gives them that extra push. To be like these guys know what's up. Yeah, they're finishers. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard that term before. Yeah, we've made ourselves known as finishers, which is amazing because I take pride in. The production it takes a lot of pride in making sure the the lyrics are bulletproof um so it's important do you ever get songs that are like 80 percent done and then you actually finish them off yeah once in a while yeah we get those no i mean a lot i think a lot of people we we have to be very uh selective selective on what we choose to be a part of and to be and to finish i mean the business needs to be right the song needs to be right you know, there's a lot of factors that right. go into it, but yeah, um, I mean, we, we've helped a, f- a few different producers finish songs and um, and helped get the record to where it needs to be. How do you know when it's finished? Like, how do you know? Like, what are the things that you look for? Like, mm. like, is there a list of things that you go down or anything like that? I think it's more a feeling. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, we're we're both like pretty good about just going off our like gut feeling. Okay. We're normally both on the same page. All right. Most of the time I'd be like, bro, just bounce it. Like mm-hmm. we're it's good. It's ready to go. Yeah, we're good. Like don't don't touch that sound one more second. Like, Because sometimes I'll go down a wormhole and, you know, mess around with the Sonics for a long time. Yeah. And sometimes things sound finished and then, you know, and it's perfectly in a good place to send out to labels for pitching a song. Yeah. But then you hear it a week or two later, you're like, okay, this thing needs a little more love. You know, okay. so, you know, once you separate yourself a little bit from it and distance yeah. yourself, it, it's it's hard to know when it's done right away. Sometimes it takes a little time, not too much time, but even even a few days away from it, 
and then you hear it on a fresh ear, you're like, oh, you know what? The drums aren't really hitting that hard or maybe this drum pattern is actually a little confusing for this part, things like that. Right. So yeah. you just kind of like have to let it sit. Yeah. Take some time away from it. And, you know, songs have come out that I don't, that, you know, I wish I had a little more time on to tweak this or that, you know. Um, but usually the song itself will be fully bulletproofed out. And then the production side we work on after. Okay. Is, you know, it's part of the process. So like dialing in. Yeah. Do you guys mix your own records? Um, no. We get them to a really good place, but uh, we Manny Mariquin mixes most of our stuff. Yeah. Okay. He's amazing. So we'll send him something that sounds really good and then he knows how to bring out that last bit out of it. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, I love mixing. I love the art of mixing. In the future, I would even, you know, Sometimes I do want to mix my own stuff because I've been so close to it, but I trust Manny so much, so it's all good. Yeah. But I think in the future, I would, I can almost imagine myself like a retired producer and become a mix engineer. Yeah, living out in Encino. Yep. <laughs> being, <laughs> mixing being records. Being a mix engineer, That's just hilarious. like not having to leave. People send them to you and exactly. you just mix them and send them back off. Exactly. That'd be nice. Yep. That's kind of a, I feel like that's like the producer's dream. It's like just living in the middle of nowhere. And just mixing and records. just mixing, having people send them to you and just... Nerding out. Yeah, just being able to live in the lair. That sounds really nice. Can't wait. Throughout your career, have you guys had any sort of goals? Like any sort of like targets that you've wanted to hit? I mean, yeah. I know like the like the Flow Rider record was like a huge win for you, but like did you ever have any like times when you're like... We you're, still have goals, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it's... Joe and I... We we've we've done really well. We've had a lot of successful songs. We've had two number ones, um, and it just uh, it doesn't feel like enough. Okay, um, so just more number ones. We need more number ones. We've never been uh, nominated or had a song nominated at the Grammys. Don't want to go to the Grammys until that happens. Right. I just uh, got the invitation. <laughs> I yeah. I just like. I have no interest in it right. until uh, we've done something important enough to be there. Uh, I mean, we've done a lot of important stuff. It's just, I guess, nothing that's uh, resonated with the, the uh, Grammy committee. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we want to be there at some point. Okay. Um, and I think uh, I think a, a Hot 100 number one would be cool yeah, too. Yeah, Hot 100 number we've one. We've gotten really close. I think. Four? No, yeah, like I think three or four. Three or four. Um, maybe some of some some of the big artists like a like a Rihanna. Uh, some of the big artists would be right. cool to place on. Very difficult yeah. to do. Um, and and also like have our own artists that we find, develop, and have success with. I think that'd be awesome. Right. Um. So that's a goal. You know we just signed uh to production deals two producers this year that uh work underneath us and they're having success this year with the right now with a song called roxanne and uh like so, a cover the cover rocks a cover no, no, totally no. different very different okay. um it's it's like the biggest viral streaming song out right now okay it's like over three million streams a day on spotify i'll have to check that out yeah it's it's you can find it it's arizona service okay. um so that's like a big accomplishment for us. Like somebody that you brought in is yeah. now yeah. seeing success. Yeah. And we're like taught, you know, mentored been, them, brought them together. Yeah. Because they've worked together. Both both the guys we signed worked together on this particular song. And that's cool. Yeah. So it's like, it feels good. Amazing. Yeah. Like seeing your your sons yeah. or yeah. daughters. I don't know. No, it's like that. our bros, our yeah. little bros, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I think that the reason why we're like, we've been doing this so long is because like we always have goals. Right. Um, and I think that's like how we were from day one. We had a goal in mind and, and we like had all the work ethic that we needed to do it. And we gave up a lot of social life at times to do it. And, you know, until we met like our wives, we, we, we worked together seven days a week. Right. Like many hours every single day. We didn't really see too many people other than each other. Now it's six and a half days a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's actually funny because the second we did have significant others in our lives, um, 
I think our quality of music actually got better. Right. Because we were able to have time to separate and like. You're getting better get, rest. Yeah. And we got better rest. We got excited to come back to work on Monday and see each other and like get back to business. Right. I think it's really important to take days off during the week. A lot, I know a lot of producers, writers, they try to grind six, seven days a week. I think you got to at least have one day off a week minimum. Yeah. And it's actually going to make your workflow better, I think. I think our our ability to finish things sooner, faster, and just the quality of the work actually went up when we took time off. Right. Because you have more energy. Yeah. To be able to like. I mean, yeah. It's really tough. Like I would, we'd be working seven days a week and I was like, you know, in my 20s just you know getting super drunk every friday and saturday night and then trying to get to the studio the next day being hung over i was like oh no yeah <laughs> like falling asleep on the studio floor and like you can never hear right when you're hung over no no um but we were there we always showed up yeah do you think you have to do that at the beginning i guess i mean the ten thousand hours thing is like a real thing okay like i really believe in that because i'm not naturally gifted at music like i I think i'm a quick learner um but the ten thousand hours like i think made me good at what we do just like putting in the time yeah when you're younger you got to put in the grind you got to do the reps yeah and then when you get a little bit older more experienced you just got to maintain and stay focused but you just work smarter as you get older you just know what to do and you'll know i think it's really easy when you're starting out I think to just dive down those holes of mm-hmm. like tweaking and tweaking mm-hmm. and tweaking. And I think it, as you get older, it's like, and I, just, as you get more experience, you kind of know, like, this is going to be, this is good. Like, you know, when things are good. Yeah. Like I don't stack 10 kicks anymore. Right. You I just, just, find I just one, pick one good kick. Right. <laughs> you know, and just, as, it's just a silly example, but no, that's, there's a, there's a lot of that happening. Right. People are stacking too many kicks. Yeah. <laughs> Stop that, guys. Stop stacking too many kicks. Two max. Right. Do you always use... Do you have like a, a, a selection of, of samples that you guys go back to consistently, like drum samples? Or do you always find new no. drum samples? I mean, I have so many gigs of library, but in the last two years, so I got Splice, that one program. Yeah. And I'll sit on my laptop at home when I'm not working on music and I'll skim through the new packs and I'll find kicks or sound effects or chords, chord progressions that I like. and But I don't know what they're going to be used for. I just like them. You just think they're cool. Yeah. So then when I'm in a session, I'll search kick. And I'll just start going down all these kicks till I find one. Okay. Um. So it's kind of a cool way to have... Because on my screen, I'll have the little sidebar. And I'll just search. And I use that a lot. I use it more than like my regular sound library these days. The splice stuff. Yeah. Um. So I don't have like a specific kick that I always use or anything like that. Yeah. It's always dependent on the song. Okay. Yeah. I feel like what the song needs, basically. Yeah. You got to make sure you're... What about hi-hats? Do you have have specific hi-hats? No. I'll just search like (laughs) trap hat or hat, open hat. I'll literally just just search what I need. Boy Wonder Kit. The Boy Wonder Kit. Just grab all of them. Those are all the good hi-hats. Now we get to use the Futuristic Kit. We got a Futuristic (laughs) Splice Pack. Okay. I got to get that. Oddly enough, I've actually like when I search kick and I'll go down to kicks and like, oh, that one's good. And I'll look up like, oh, it's yours. You made it. (laughs) Maybe because my brain's used to it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, you like what you. I like what I like. Yeah, you like you. Yeah. You know, it's natural to like want to like yourself. It's your own thing. It's like looking in the mirror, you know. (laughs) It's not too bad. Yeah, I got to start stealing from that kit. I guess it's not stealing. You got to buy it. I gotta buy it. Use my splice credits. Use your credits. Yeah. So I have such a backlog of splice credits that I'm not using. I'll hook you up, man. I'll send you the pack. Okay, that'll be nice. Thank you so much for that. Uh, <laughs> what inspires you guys? Food, food, food for sure. Okay. Um, I love I love music and food and my family. Okay, that's pretty much it. Uh, just like wanting to reach levels of success that are like in the industry, you become like. Um, I don't know, just appreciated, respected, known. Uh, that That's a driving factor. Uh, and just getting like songs out there that you created and just knowing that this thing that you're working out on in your studio is going to be heard by 
millions and yeah. millions of people throughout the world. Like it's going to be played on yeah. a Bluetooth speaker in the Ukraine. Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. Like yeah. our song, You Can't Stop the Girl for BB. I think that's such an inspirational song for young girls and watching them, you know, sing covers online. And I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I like watching reaction videos. Yeah, reaction too. videos. Hilarious. To your songs? Yeah. That's got to be wild. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, I don't know. Honestly, just the fact that we get to wake up every day, literally go from our homes to our second home, which is our studio. Yeah. And like we get inside and it's just like no pressure and we're having fun and like that's inspiring to me. Okay. Like mm. I, not many people get to do that. Right. And and I, I feel blessed and like super lucky that I literally get to just chill for a living. Right. And like hang with friends and write music and you know, a lot of people are like, You're you can't you how are you stressed out? Da, da, da. I'm like, No, I'm not. For the most part I'm I'm chilling. Right. You're just cruising. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I like that feeling that any day could be the day that you write that next big hit. So it's got it's kind of like that feeling when you buy the buy a lottery ticket, but you haven't checked if you've won or lost yet, and you're you're kind of daydreaming about winning, and you have those fantasies mm-hmm. of winning. I get those types of thoughts with going to work and like writing songs because this could be the day that we write that next mega smash, right? And it's a real thing; it could happen, and you know, and it's because it's happened already. We've done it before, um, and I remember the moments when we were creating the beat for him and I, or when, when we were in the studio with BB and when you can't stop the girl started formulating, right. You know, and it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. I always say my, uh, like my favorite part is when we're writing the song. Cause okay. once it comes out, it's like, so it's like in the hands of the world. It's right. not, it's not yours anymore. It's not in your control anymore. It's not yours yeah. anymore. Yeah. And like the rush and the feeling of like, Oh shit, I think we did it like in the studio is, it's like what, keeps me want to go back okay do you ever so do you know in the session like when it's going to be the hit i mean like when this is going to be the the juice i feel like for the most part we're like pretty on point with like we know when we've done something amazing okay um there's definitely been records that have come out that we've been like well didn't realize that one was like gonna end up you know having a place in the world right but i think all of our big ones were, were pretty like certain they were strong records. Okay. Like we left the, the session that day being like, dude, that's a smash. Yeah. Okay. I think that, I think that's also like a part of being producers. Like, you know, I think we wouldn't be good producers if we, if we didn't know, um, our, our ears have to be strong and, um, not blind to a hit. <laughs> yeah. Like you gotta know when you, yeah. Like I'm, I, th- I think that's a big part of the job, but it okay. can happen. You can always, I mean, it's sometimes you miss it. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? Right. But that takes time. And I think where we are now is like we're, we've gotten really good at spotting it. Okay. Um, and calling it ahead of time. Okay. Yeah. Like, do you call it? Do you ever? I don't like to do that anymore. Get worried about calling it too early? Yeah. It, it, as much as I want to sometimes, I'm like, uh, better not. But I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other um, superstitions about making music? No, I try not to live my life like that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have the studio set a certain way or... uh, Nah, but I mean, listen, there's songs though that have come out, I mean, that haven't come out that we think are hits and they've been with an artist ready to come out and for one reason or not, they didn't come out and they're still sitting on our hard drive. Right. And... Uh, those are those are the like probably the biggest letdowns because I'm like we have a legit like hit record sitting on the drive. Yeah, we just need the right artist for it. So that's that's the only sad thing, right? Where <laughs> sometimes you write a smash and the timing's not right. The world's not ready for that song. Yeah, um, and it might not get the chance. It might get it in a few years. You never know. Yeah, because there's so many times when songs. Just like a, it could be 10 years before a song comes out. Yeah. You know, and you might need to update the production on it. But Oh, yeah. Those are actually really like fun because you're like, damn, never thought this one was going to yeah. see the light of day and it, it's about to come out. Because you can, it's kind of like finding, going digging for gold. Yeah. You know, 
or we'll, we'll get an email and a and r's like yo we want this song we want to put it out and they're and then i'll be like oh which song and they're like oh that one Oh, okay, cool. Forgot about this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. like at the back of the drawer. You <laughs> like, know, how to like, dust it for off. anyone for like yeah, a exactly. year. Yeah, exactly. Blow like the, the dust off of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the old iPod charger from 2008. This <laughs> thing? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, it literally happens to us all the time. Yeah. It's a nice It's a nice surprise. Yeah, because then it's also like, cool, we don't have to do any work. It's already yeah. done. For real. I mean, there you have, go. We probably have hundreds and hundreds of songs <laughs> sitting in... A&R's emails throughout all the different labels. Right. Um, they just somehow find them. One, you know, search all. The futuristics are amazing. I mean, t- search all timing's a big thing in this industry. Right. Um, it really is. You know, you need, to, you need to write the right song at the right time for the artist who's feeling a certain way and or looking for, the, for the, that thing. And they must, they have, they have to listen to it on the right day when they, when they're feeling that way. Right. And all those things actually play a big role. As we know, like music's very emotional. Uh, you know, it makes you feel a certain way. And if, if you play a song for someone and they're coming into the studio and they just got in a car accident or they got a ticket or their girlfriend got into a fight with them, like that actually plays a big part in how their brain percepts the song. Right. And, you know, t- that's why timing really is important. Like if, if I, if we have a song we have to play for someone, it's a, an important situation. Like I'm praying that like all the stars are aligned. Yeah. Like make sure they're fed, make <laughs> yeah. sure yeah. they have water, make like, sure they've been offered everything. Yeah. Like have you taken a pee? Do you yeah. need to do that? Do you need some coffee? Like, yeah, we can meditate really quick if you <laughs> want to just clear your head. No, it's like, it's <laughs> super important. Yeah. And it's also good to recognize when you're the listener and being like, you know, for for instance, Joe and I have to listen to, to a lot of things. People rely on our advice on things. So um, I always make sure that, like, if I'm not li- feeling something on a first listen, I listen the next day or a few hours later and be like, am I missing something? Because I might have been, you know, not in the zone. Right. So do you, like, not trust yourself if you don't like something? I, I never, I don't think I ever go off, like, a first listen if, I go off a of first listen if I love something. Okay. But if I don't like something, like I definitely give it another shot. Right. Especially because you want to understand. I feel like when it's a popular song and you're not into it, you kind of got to understand why it's popular. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just think that not everything is a first listen. They're, the ones that are normally tend to be incredible. Right. But there's definitely some songs that are a two, three listen. And then you're like, damn, this is actually really good. This is fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As they say in the industry. Yeah. Smash. Smash. So what are the words? The Heaters. Fire. Smash. What, what are some other Hit. words? A bop. A bop. Jam. A vibe. A jam. A vibe. I like heaters. Shmies. Heaters. Heaters. I don't know. I haven't we don't, heard we don't other use people heaters. say heater, but mm. I like saying heater. That slaps. It slaps. Slaps. Mega, it's mega. a mega, an orca. Uh, you can you can use any of them. Yeah, a jam. Those are, those are generally the words. We used. try not to use them when we're writing the song, though. So, if you have any advice to producers that are up and coming that would like to be in a position that is similar to your position, what advice would you have to those producers? Take an internship somewhere, meet people, mm-hmm. collaborate, um, and just really focus on your art. Okay. And, you know, maybe you got to work seven days a week when you're young. Right. Just to get the, the skills sharpened. You'll know. You'll know if you want it. Like okay. If, if you feel like you don't want to do anything but make music and be in your room on your laptop making beats or writing songs on your guitar, like, you're going to do it. Right. It's just a matter of time. Okay. Um. But I, th- I feel like the people that say they want to do it, but also rather, you know, try writing a screenplay or, or are interested in going to nightclubs every day, like you're most likely not going to succeed. Right. Can't spread yourself too thin. I always tell everyone that like comes to internships for us or does anyone ask for advice? Cause like some people are like, well, you know, I'm, I want to make music, but I'm also like trying to act on the side or I'm trying to do be a chef or like you know it's like nah that's just, hard just do one fucking thing yeah 
and do it well. And we got a major in your majors. Yeah. Like it really, if you want to do music, just do music. Yeah. If you have any other aspirations, do that, you know, because I feel like you have to, you have to build like a thick skin to be in this biz and to do what we do. Be ready for constant rejection. Yeah. Yeah. Like the beginning is like, I I feel like at this point, Joe and I still get rejected obviously on songs. So it's like, we're just good at moving past it. Right. But in the beginning, a lot of people get really like sensitive over the product that they made or the, you know, they can't wrap their head around the fact that someone doesn't like it. Yeah. They've, they've convinced themselves that it's great. So like, you're never going to succeed if you've convinced yourselves. Yeah. You got to be honest with yourself and where you are in the, in your process of your, your building your skills and career and just, you know, realizing, you know, you're getting there but know that maybe what you're doing right now isn't great, but then finding ways to keep continue getting better. Okay. Because if you convince yourself and you're not honest with yourself and you think what you're doing is amazing, when it's not, you may, you know, you might stop right there with the growth. Okay. And, and until this day, and, we both feel like we're constantly have room to grow. Okay. Yeah. And like, don't seek advice from like best friends or family members. Okay. Or just people that might just say it's great or yes yeah. men that might just say it's great because it's, you know, it's their son yeah. or, the, or their brother. They got goggles on. Yeah. Okay. Rose colored glasses. Yeah, exactly. Where, where should you seek your advice? I mean, from, from people that are doing it, okay. hopefully. Yeah. You know? um, Other collaborators that are maybe in, in the same place in their careers or maybe just a little bit ahead that can, you know. Because it might be hard to have access to A and R's yeah. to or, give you advice, you yeah. know. Um, but to maybe find people that are in that particular genre that you're really focused on and on, and you know, yeah. To, today's day and age, like post it on, post a yeah. clip of it on Instagram, and be like, like, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the internet's good because they're usually pretty polite and nice about comments. <laughs> yeah, that's a really <laughs> polite place for constructive criticism positive feedback yeah but if it's like the right type of blog or maybe soundcloud and you, you send people there and you know i think it's a, a better way to go than right like there are communities that you can be yeah. a part of yeah okay. i mean we did that we we would we found a lot of producers that were in our in our just level yeah and we collaborated all the time with them okay and it made us better because you know sometimes they're better at running sessions uh maybe sometimes they're better at you at sound choice and you just kind of pick up off all that stuff. Yeah. I get Um, that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's mostly our advice. That's your advice. Uh What about for like breaking? Cause like, I guess, cause my question is the position that I'm in right now is I'm working with like artists, different artists. Mm -hmm. And like, say if I work with a, a songwriter, like what do I do with that song? Like, do I send that song to A&Rs? Be like, hey, this is a song we we made. Do I send that song to... Oof, what do you do in that situation? Uh, that's an interesting... Yeah. So, there's there's really, like, a few ways to go about it. Okay. But um, for the most part, um, yeah, you need... You, if, if you're trying to sell music, yeah. you know, and, and have artists cut your records, I mean... I would, you need, you need a team of people helping you. Right. Like you need people who know how to get the songs in the right people's hands. Cause this business is, is, uh, well kept by very important gatekeepers for every single project. Yeah. And, and like I said, with timing it, that all, it all really plays a part in it. Um, thankfully like Joe and I know the majority of the industry and like, I know who to send music to. And I know who the players are who have influence. Okay. And, but that took us 15 years to develop. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of like, at, listen, at the end of the day, like relationships are very important. Um, and a good song is important. So as long as you have both things working for you, like things will work out. Just work both of them. Yeah. But like, if you know, um, having like a publishing deal for us was a huge level up. Okay. You would say, yeah, um, because we immediately had a engine behind us who was like, 
that this song's good for this person, this is good for that, you need to fix this, and and why don't you try writing a song for Fast and the Furious Six? They're looking for a you know a theme right. song like that was really helpful for us. Right. Um, most people who don't have like an engine behind them, thankfully, also like our our day one manager, you know, was from the time of us moving up as producers, he was moving up as an A&R okay. into an executive. So he was an assistant when we started working together and we were just starting out. And as time gone, he became you know, more important. He signed Bruno Mars. He uh, was building up his career and he ended up becoming the president of A&R for Interscope Records where we could have a in with a lot of his artists. And, and as yeah. long as we gave him extremely good songs he had a home to find for them right and now he's the ceo co-chairman of warner records you know so we got really lucky yeah in that sense that like the guy that we said we want to work hand in hand with every day who was just an assistant at the time he he had the same goals and aspirations in his own side of the business that we had for ours like if you want to move far you go together yeah like the idiom you know yeah it's i mean the fact that like he wanted to do what he is doing now so bad and he got there and the fact that we wanted this so bad and we got to where we are right now is like pretty insane yeah like it's 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 very uncommon yeah that like people who are such good friends decide they want to do this very specific hard thing where you know millions of people want to do and very small amount actually do it it like happens on entourage (laughs) and it's so funny because like like, i literally grew up watching entourage Entourage. (laughs) i grew up watching entourage with aaron and was like bro we need this life yeah (laughs) like this is life porn yeah like you know um we we still bring it up to this day how absolutely insane it is that things have worked out the way that they have yeah that's huge yeah uh, so we are about 65 minutes right now. So that cool. can, this concludes Great. the meat of the podcast. Uh, I will ask you one final question that is just a fun one. Um, if you could be any type of animal, what type of animal would you be and why? Oh, definitely a dog. Okay. I just get really good belly rubs. Yeah, that's a pretty damn good answer. And you get to just like lay in the sun and hang and okay, it's pretty tight. I like turtle. I like turtles. You like turtles? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is it about a turtle that you're a fan of? Because wherever he is, he's home. Okay. And I like that. Oh, I like that. And uh, just wherever he goes, he just can do his own thing and be home. That's nice. That's really nice. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having fantastic. us, man. This has been great. I appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by the Industry Talks Music Network. The theme song and production is by me, Roman Perry. Our cover artwork is by our creative director, Danny Klein. Our background music is by Patrick Zappia. And our outreach specialist is Eleni Rodriguez. Special thanks to our founder and CEO, Kyle Emerson Brown, and the rest of the Industry Talks team. We would like to thank Guitar Center for providing the podcast equipment that allows this show to sound so, so amazing. And if you like what you heard, we ask that you please leave us a five-star review, tell your friends about us, and subscribe. We're available on all major podcasting platforms. Thanks for listening.